Hey, um, this is our 10th sermon in the series called, um, uh, Trey, would you, um, would you, get, I just like having my Bible. It's in the back room though. I just like the Bible. It's, it looks, it's got bigger print. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right. If I could t- title this time, I would, I would call it, don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity. This is going to be a good one, I think, today. Would you all mind standing at your feet for the reading of God's Word? Praise God. Hey, um, the Scripture says this in Luke chapter 10. One day, an expert in the religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say, and how do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your strength, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? But Jesus told him, Do this, and you will live. And the man wanted to testify, justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, And who is my brother? So Jesus replied with a story. And this is today's parable. Well, a Jewish man was traveling down Jerusalem uh, um, to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits, a Jewish man. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him up, and they left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, and when he saw the man lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the road. <laughs> what a jerk. And, uh, and passed him by. The temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, And he also passed by on the other side of the road. Then the despised Samaritan came along and saw that the man, uh, and saw the man, he felt compassion for him. And going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds and with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. And he put the man on his own donkey and he took him to the inn uh, where he took care of. Of him, The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bills run higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? And Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same Let's pray. Lord, help. Amen. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Thank you, guys. I feel the need to explain what happened earlier in service. Um, I, I know personally as your pastor that there's a lot of people going through the worst time of their life. And um, I just think, while I can't change anything in your life, he can. And I believe that what the world wants to see is a place where they can bring their sick, their hurting, and their loved ones. And if we're hurting sick or in pain, and we don't know how to come... And we'll never have the testimony that we know that he can. Maybe second service, it'll go over better. 
cool. This passage opens up with Jesus explaining the greatest commandment that he has given us. If you're new to the gospel, there were 10 commandments. And it was basically summed up that you can take five of them into one category and five of them into another. Or you could take all of the laws, like thousands of them, and sum them up into one. And you could take all of the prophets and sum it up into one. All the prophets would say, what the Lord wants the most from you is to love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind and your strength. And this, if I'm honest, is next to impossible. Uh, I love the Lord a lot. And I find in myself that my mind drifts, my heart wanders, my flesh, we ain't even going to get into that. It's hard to love the Lord with all of my heart. And the second is to love your neighbor. And so as this story would unfold, uh, this guy asks, who is my neighbor? Uh, and it, it's kind of funny because they imply that this story, that the guy lying on the road that got beat up was a Jewish man, right? And he implies that the priest, who was probably, that guy lying on the road was probably a member of our church, right? And, uh, and your pastor has somewhere where he's really got to be. And if I'm understanding it correctly, he actually kind of walked up to him, saw him, and said, oh, I know that dude. Is there anyone in your life that has gotten themselves in a situation again and again and again, and you kind of know what situation they're going to find themselves in again? It's a reoccurring situation. See, we can make this about the priest that's really bad, or you can recognize you're the priest in this story, Right? And so it's really hard because if you know the guy and you can smell, well, he got beat up, probably, well, he smelled like liquor again. He probably, you know, I don't know, a dude beat his wife again. I don't know what, what situation he got him. So he doesn't say what happened. All we know is he's laying on the ground. And the priest saw him and went to the other side of the road. So either we knew who this guy was, point one, or point two, a priest really had somewhere that he needed to be. Maybe the priest was on his way to the Wake Community Church to deliver a really important message to all people that the Lord reigns. And this message that he had was really, really urgent. Or maybe he was on his way to a, his friend's house and they had someone sick and they, and they really needed the priest to get there as quickly as possible to pray with them. Maybe dinner was about to be served. And he promised them that he'd be there at 5.30. And it was like 5.28 and we were in a hurry. I don't know. He didn't want to break his word. All we know from this story is that Jesus said this guy's neighbor was in a bad situation. The priest saw it, but felt like he needed to keep walking. My first point to your message today is be available. The Bible says, um, what does the Bible say? I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I'm just going to skip that point. The Bible says, um, 
that, that, well, here's what I know I've learned from scripture is that God never moves on my time. In America, we are all hurry. We are all going somewhere. We are all on our way. Even if it's in the kitchen, we are on our way to somewhere. Most of our life is with intention. Whether, and when you get in the car and you're going somewhere, you've got to be there and your mind tells you at this time or for this reason. Can you imagine Moses in the wilderness seeing the burning bush and going, I got to get this flock somewhere. Probably the story wouldn't have ended up that way. But as we would read the story, it's pretty important that we recognize why we need to make ourselves available. There's another parable that Jesus would tell that's going to be similar to this one, but not this one. In fact, Jesus would often say the same story over and over and over and over again to make sure that we get it. Because we don't. Anyone else ever realized you missed that one? My wife would tell you I did. I could tell you that. So, He tells another story, and we find this in Matthew chapter 25. And I just want to read some of these verses for you because it's really critical. How many of you love Jesus? You want to honor him, right? This is going to be a tough one. This is another parable. We're not preaching on this parable. I'm just showing you this parable today. Uh, I'm going to go to Matthew 25 because I'd rather read it out of my Bible. Give me a second. Pray for Pastor Tim. He's a hot mess right now. It's never fun when you're crying and then you have to talk. Uh, Finally, all right, here we go. But when the Son of Man comes in all of his glory and all of the angels are with him, and he will sit upon his glorious throne, all the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Goats follow. No, sheep follow. Goats, not so much. And it's important you understand that because we are sheep because we know when our shepherd is calling us to do something. This message is about being available and not missing an opportunity when he's calling you. So it says here that um, the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from all creation. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, wait, what? When did we ever see you hungry or feed you? Thirsty, give you drink. Stranger, hospitality, naked and give you clothes. When were you sick or in prison and us visit you? And I tell you the truth, he says, the king will say, what you did to the least of these You did for me. Now, why this is important is because you understand there's only two commandments that are priority. Loving him and loving them. Now, when we talk about the world that we live in, maybe it's just me, but I've been around some of you guys. And and we all love to think about how terrible the world is becoming right now. It's dark. It's dark out there. There's so many hurting people out there, isn't there? When was the last time we stopped to help one of those hurting people? 
And the problem that I have with that is mostly because we didn't notice them. It's not that you were deliberately going, I'm deciding to be a jerk today. It's that you knew in your head that person got there because they deserved it. Or because they, I don't know, but I've got somewhere I've got to be. I'm in a hurry. I've got to get to get the food. I've got to get to my friend's house. I've got to get to work. I'm late to get the kids from soccer practice. And there's a lot of things going on in our life. But listen to me, church. We, our lives are about him. And so we've got to get back to the place where we can see with eyes that are not about you. I want to tell you a quick story. A couple years ago, my son had an accident and he fell down. Bam! Knocked his teeth out. Crazy. It's terrible. Blood all over the place. It's gross. It's a terrible moment. We went, it was a Friday afternoon, and we tried taking him to, his, to a dentist, and they were closed. Wait, 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 how are you closed? Are you so I, we called another dentist, they're like, go to Winter Haven. So we drove out to Winter Haven, and they're closed. Anyways, what in the world? So, right, so they, they tell us, well, we have another one we can go to. Go to the north side of Lakeland. We're driving the north side of Lakeland, and they said, well, we, we, we can't work with kids. My son is bleeding and crying and screaming. They said, you can go to this guy in Lake Wales. So we drive all the way to Lake Wales. It's been two hours now. I've been driving all over, literally all over town. We get to the guy. He was such a jerk. Would not help. Wouldn't help. He was angry at my child who was crying and in pain and scared. It's, this happened at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's now 1 o'clock. He's still in this dentist chair. And the guy just says, hey, man, I've done all that I can do. Good luck. Promise that is what happened. Hopefully it works out. I kid you not, before Jesus, not exaggerating. Maybe it worked, maybe they're still falling out. He's trying to put them back in. His dentist that day was closed because her daughter had surgery in Tampa. Big surgery. It It was a big deal in her body, something that was going on. So she closed her shop so she can go to this surgery in Tampa. When we called them and let them know how everything played out because they weren't open and the other person they sent us to wasn't open and the other person wouldn't take us and then that guy was a jerk, the lady said, I'm so sorry. My daughter is almost out of surgery. I'll be there. Now, surgery went long. It's 6 o'clock at night. They called me and said, meet me at my office at 9.30 at night. It's been almost 12 hours since the injury happened. She left her daughter's surgery to come and help my child. Let me tell you something. Dr. Yesrabi <laughs> on Edgewood right here. You could say whatever you want. I'll cut you. Because as far as I'm concerned, that lady cared about my child. And what I want you to understand is the heart of the father. Is he saying... To the people that didn't take care of his child, the king is talking about his son. Jesus said, I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I can tell you what I do that dentist in Lake Wales if I ever find him. (laughs) I was thirsty and you didn't give me drink. What the father is saying is, will you love my children? 
And the problem is we're doing life so fast that we seldomly stop to think about whether we have time to care. God's calling will always, let me make sure you understand this, will always inconvenient you. That is the word of the Lord. You can write it down. Your pastor said it. Where did you get it from in the Bible? It's in there somewhere. God's calling will always inconvenience you. Can I get an amen from everyone that knows that that is true? And if you're not being inconvenienced, change something. Point number one, be willing. Uh, point, be available. That was the, that was the, don't miss an opportunity. All right, so in this story, uh, there was another guy that walked by, and he was uh, uh, someone that worked in the temple, saw him, went over to him, and then crossed over, which is even like more jerkish. But then the other guy that comes in was a Samaritan, which is not really Jewish. They're definitely not Jewish. They're not, they definitely don't work in the temple. I mean, they're kind of like, you know, lukewarm. They're the Easter people. They're, they're, the, they're the ones that don't go to church. They're the ones that, like, you know, they're, they're bar people. They're, please, can we be people? that care more about others than our bank account. Point number two is be willing. The Samaritan first healed the person. I don't know what you're willing to do for someone, but I know what Jesus is asking you to do. And I may not be able to ask you to do this, but you needed him to die for your sins, and he did that. And he's just saying, I need you to care about my son and daughter that's broken. First thing this Samaritan did was make sure that they were healed. They gave them ointment for their wounds. They bandaged them up right there on the side of the road. Second thing they did was, was they, um, they, uh, 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 then, then they, then they gave them a ride in their car. You know, we don't want to give strangers rides places. That would be, could be dangerous, you know? Listen, the King of Kings is with you and he's telling you to do it. I think you're going to be all right. You know what I'm talking about? And so he gave him a ride, and, and, and then he checked him into a hotel and made sure that the person had shelter for the night. And then they paid their debt. I remember the one day, I love bragging about my wife. Uh, it's you know better than bragging about me. I don't have many stories to brag about me. But I remember one time she was at work at Audubon Oaks, and there was this little girl that was sitting outside on the curb holding this little baby crying. And she was crying, and she was crying. And my wife called me, and she said, Tim, you need to come here now. And I said, all right, what? She came over, and she goes, see this girl over here? Yeah. Um, well, she just got kicked out of her home. She's got nowhere to go. She, she doesn't know what to do. She's got this newborn baby, just one week old. And, 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 and in my head, I'm thinking, no, no, no. I know where you're going with this. I want to sleep tonight. I want to sleep this week. Like, what? How long are they gonna? How? How long? How much? Well, what's her? What's her name? You know, what, what if there's a bad situation? And I, I, I had no opportunity to say any of that. She had already made up her mind. She was just letting me know what I was doing in question form. And and that little girl lived with us for quite some time. And, uh, you know, what I want you to know is that the call of God is never going to be convenient for you. But they don't always come in homeless form. They come in your coworker form. 
who hit delete instead of send. <laughs> and you got to now figure out how to go help them. Or they come in a, in a text or a family member that needs money. And I just want you to know, like, the moral of this story that I'm getting out of the Good Samaritan is be available. One, I know you got, you're going somewhere that's really important to you, but can you make it more important about him? Two, be willing. Like, it may cost you some money. It may cost you some time. It may cost you some sleep. But imagine if you got to find out that you were actually doing it for Jesus. But you're not. But you are. Because it's his kid. And I'm telling you, some people I don't even like, but my, they're, they're good to my kids, and so I, I, I love them, man, you know? <laughs> Dustin says that all the time. He's like, I don't know why. Like, I just, you're good to my kids, and I love you. And I, I just think that's so true. The third point that I got for you, I don't know if this is making any sense here, but um, is, uh, I forgot what the point was. Be bold. Yeah, this is a good one. I need a drink for this one. Be bold, be bold, be bold, be bold. I think that we are responsible, based on what I see in this story, to share the love of Christ. It's going to look different for all of us. The way we execute it is going to look different. Some people don't have a lot of words. Some people don't have a lot of money. Some people don't have a lot of time. Some people don't have a lot of abilities, right? Like your tire is flat and I see you. I'll stop and I will pray for you. I will. <laughs> That's all I got. You know what I'm talking about? I just, I got, we, we will pray for those lug nuts to come off somehow. Uh, all the ladies. All right, here we go. But we are responsible to share the love of Christ. And I, and, I, and I want you to understand that one of the reasons why I think this, this story is so important isn't just because Jesus said it once and twice. It, it's because actually, if we look at the parables, um, I count more than 28 parables. 15 of them are about eternity. So what that means to me is that eternity matters in the light of the things that we're doing. It's not about the nine to five or even Tuesday. It's about forever. And if what we're doing with the next 10 minutes can make a bigger difference forever, then that's where we invest ourselves. And so I, there, I remember this story, uh, this, name, this lady's name was Lee. We were in Nicaragua. I've told this story a few times, and she tells the story about this ocean that had all of these starfish. The storm washed up all these starfish on the beach. And uh, this humanitarian-type dude saw it and was like, oh, no, all these starfish, they're going to die in the sand, you know? And they start freaking out, and they're grabbing starfish and throwing them, but there's, there's hundreds, there's thousands of them. They're everywhere. And they're just grabbing these starfish and throwing them as far out that the tide would hopefully take them back out. And, and this other guy sees this guy going just kind of cr like crazy throwing these things, you know, like 
like my daughter who just started t-ball, just kind of throwing it. And, and um, he looks over at him and he says, what are you doing? I'm trying to save these starfish. Will you help me? And the guy goes, Look, you're, there's so many starfish. You're, what are you, you're not going to make a difference. And he goes, you're right. But it'll sure make a big difference to this one. I don't need you to reach thousands of people. But we, as the church, need you to reach one person matters. You have friends that are hurting and they matter. And so I think of this story and I think of the man that bandaged his wounds. And I I just want to throw this out there to you. Be bold. So uh, Francis of Assisi, old saint guy thing, Majigger, he said this. He said, uh, uh, preach Christ at all times, and if necessary, use words. And I just have to tell you that I strongly disagree with that. Here's why. It is really cool if I help you and you think that I'm a really nice guy. But that's not my hope. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, the, I'm a people-friendly guy. I want everyone to like me. But that's not the mission of my life. In fact, if you don't like me, I'm going to be okay. But what I do want is for you to love him. And so it's really important in your life that we're not just nice people who helped and did something kind. I want to make sure that the person that I helped doesn't call their mom that night and say, this nice man, uh, really attractive, handsome, (laughs) studly guy, uh, helped and it was really great. No, 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 no. I want to leave that person knowing that I'm probably pretty selfish. I felt like the Lord wanted me to stop and say and do and help and go with you. Preach Christ at all times, if necessary, use words, is, is good. And it's hopeful if we're hoping that they understand that you are there, not under your own authority or under your own inconvenience. The end of my life, I don't need you guys to like me. I need you to love Christ. Be bold. I think about this um, one time. The Super Bowl in February, generally the first week of February, it happens every year. And these guys now that are doing these big old companies, you know, it said that last year the average price for a commercial for 30 seconds of a window was up to $6 million for 30 seconds of their time to tell you that Coca-Cola is refreshing. To tell you that Doritos taste wonderful. I I don't, I probably, if you're with a stranger, you may only get a couple seconds to say something. So let me just time out for a second. What is your message? 
I think we got to get better at that for a second. Just let me just time out. If you only got 30 seconds, what would you say? Would you say, I don't know who you are, what you've been through, but I want you to know that Jesus loves you because I know that he loved me and I know that he's done great things for me and he loved me when I was an idiot and he has been faithful and God is good. It's great. It's a great thing to say. I just hope whatever you say has something to do with him. Now, ultimately, there's a lot of people that are going to try to say, what you need to say is this. And what I would tell you is, yeah, they're right. But you can't say that. You can't say someone else's thing. You can only say what the Holy Spirit gives you. You can only be honest. You can't, you can't tell people my recipe. What's yours? I was thinking today, you know, one of the things I'd say is that, hey, I just want you to know that um, I, 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 I've done a lot of wrong things and, and I found out that God still loved me. And that he has a plan for me and that he's not done with me yet and that he wants to move in, in, in your life too. And I think God brought me here just to make sure that you know that he loves you. Jesus loves you. It's also probably important if you're ever going to share your faith because God means a lot of things to a lot of people nowadays. There's only one G-O-D and his name is J-E-S-U-S. Just kidding. What would you do with 30 seconds? I don't know how big your window is going to be. Maybe they want to ask more questions. Maybe they want to talk more. But if you only got one nugget to drop, it's called planting a seed. You don't know it. You may be planting a seed in your head, but you may be watering a seed. You may just find out in dropping that seed that it's not a seed. You're actually harvesting. Because what you said will bring tears to their eyes. And oh no, you are the voice of their grandma. And today is the day that they need to change their life. But I can tell you, oftentimes, you only have a small window. And so you can be in a hurry. Hurry happens at work. It happens with your kids. It happens a whole lot when there's an assignment that Christ gave us. But from what I'm reading in God's word today, I want you to know that there's a lot of people that he's putting in front of Americans that are thirsty, that are hungry, that are naked, and that are alone. And he's asking, will you inconvenience yourself to share my love and faithfulness with them? It may cost you your entire bank account. And I will tell you, I I don't even know how many times To this day, I don't think I've told you guys this very often, but I've counted the number of cars that I've given away. I've given eight cars away. I've been given 12. You're just not going to outgive God. Now, giving is never about receiving. I just want you to know when it's all you have, that was the cost. And I'll tell you, it's, it's beautiful worship. And there's, there is a harvest coming. And it may not come in the form of money or vehicle, but it will come in joy. It will come in confidence. It will come in renewed authority. It will come in the identity of sonship. 
It will come in a renewed relationship and communion with your Father. It will come in beautiful ways. Just obey the Lord. The message of the story today is that one day we will all have the same conversation, but it will be sitting before his throne when he separates those that love them with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength and loved our neighbors. And that looks like a lot of inconvenience for me and a lot of joy for my father. Mm-hmm.